My name is Matt Howe, one of the pastors here at Anderson Hills, um, at least for two more weeks. Uh, some of you came up to me this morning, is this your last Sunday? It's actually next Sunday, so don't cut me off just yet, okay? Uh, You've got to listen to me at least a couple more times. But uh, flying out to Kansas City this week for some training, so keep me in your prayers. And uh, we'll be back here in the, in the pulpit, so to speak, in the next Sunday as well. So really excited to finish up this series with you. Um, I love my church. How about you all? Yeah? Okay, good, good. That's good, because if I had said that and nobody had made any noise, that would have looked really awkward, right? It would have felt really strange. Um, you know, the title of this morning's message is, My Church is Family. And, you know, as I think about, like, family, I know that probably everyone here has a different experience, right? Everyone here, your family, I mean, every, everybody's family looks unique. So, you know, a person over here might describe their family one way, and someone sitting on the opposite side of the room, or even right next to them, might describe their family very differently. But the one thing that we all have in common is that we all come from a family in some sense. Um, growing up, I lived with my mom, my dad, and my older sister, two years older than me. Um, each of us had our kind of roles that we played in, in the home. So my dad, uh, he was a banker by trade, and so one of his natural roles that he assumed in our family was he was the finance guy. Uh, he was just the one that handled all of that. Uh, my dad was also the one who took care of our lawn. Um, he was always coming home, changing out of his work clothes and heading outside to, you know, cut wood for, um, to burn fires during the winter, uh, to mow the lawn, to take down weeds, to repair fencing, to, you know, whatever, basically paint the, you know, shutters, whatever needed to be done around the house, my dad was the guy that did it. Now, my mom... She was more the indoors, um, you know, person. So she did love gardening. I will go there. She loved her flower gardens. But outside of that, she was the one. Um, she worked as a full-time nurse, but she was also the one who did the biggest bulk of our laundry. She's the one that did our grocery shopping. She's the one that prepared our meals. Um, she took care of some of the basic physical needs of my sister and I and things like that. So that was kind of her role in the home. My sister, uh, her role in the home was to make me look bad. Uh, she was the one who was really uh, studious in school, uh, straight A's, you know, all the way through. Um, she was one of those weird kids that read for fun, you know, like, who does that, right? Now my daughter does it, and actually several of my kids do it, and I'm like, oh, they're like my sister. I'm so glad. Um, because, you know, my role in the family was really just for comic relief. I mean, that was my whole purpose in the family growing up, was I was the guy that, you know, they laughed at. Um, so, you know, we all had our roles that we played. Um, I think for me, it was probably just a matter of I was into my buddies too much, you know, like I was kind of loved being in the crowd, so to speak, and I had several friends that lived within a mile or two of my home, and so we would ride our, uh, bike, our bikes to each other's homes and things like that, play basketball, football, whatever in the front yard, so that was kind of my role. Um, but here we are in 2019, and my wife, Christian, and I, we've been married for 17 years, and we started dating in high school and really never looked back. And I can remember when I started dating her how uh, the roles of our two families, while alike in some ways, were also very different in some ways. Um, Christian's parents both worked outside the home, just like mine. But Christian's dad was a little less likely to pitch in, like, around the house. Um, you know, he grew up kind of in a little bit of a different generation. And I can even remember being over there on several occasions uh, when we would like, you know, decide just to hang out at one, at, at one another's homes, we would hang out at her house and we, she had like a TV room that was like just off of their family room. 
And we would go in there, you know, put on a movie or whatever, and be sitting there watching a movie. And all of a sudden, her dad had two phone lines. This was back before cell phones. And he would call on one line, the other line. And we would know it was him. And so she would answer, and he would be like, Chris. And he has a real deep voice, you know. He'd be like, I need some coffee. And so literally, he would be sitting in the room right next door, watching his own TV show, but would get on the phone and call Christian in the room next to him to walk out of that room through the family room where he was sitting watching TV into the kitchen to put some coffee on for him to make it. I mean, that was, I mean, that was just the way world, the world operated in Greg's world, right? And so that was a little bit different for me. My dad, you know, I'd seen him do things around the house, run the vacuum from time to time, fold a basket of laundry if he needed to and things like that. And Christian's dad was like, no, that's not really the way we do things here. So um, that was different. But I will say this, one thing that her family excelled at that I had not really experienced was they always finished every conversation, and I mean like every conversation, even if it was a heated conversation, they would finish every conversation with, I love you. Now, it's not that my parents never said those words to me, it's just I didn't hear them as frequently. And so it was really kind of oddball for me that every time Christian would talk with like one of her her parents on the phone or even her brother or something, they, they would always end the conversations with, I love you. And so, you know, it's just families are different and roles are different. And so here we are, you know, 17 years later, we have our own four beautiful children. And now we have established and are beginning to establish and are constantly reestablishing, as I'm sure many of you are, our roles in the home. I'm the guy who handles the finances and mows the lawn. Wonder where I got that from. Uh, Christian and I are pretty split on chores around the house, although we joke that kind of I'm the straightener and the organizer and she's really the deep cleanser, you know? So like if, I, if we come home and everything's straight and put away, I feel like the house is clean, right? If we come home and there's things in disarray, but everything's been wiped down and mopped up and whatever, then she feels like the house is clean. What's really great is that's created a perfect partnership between the two of us. So it's like, praise God, right? Um, and as you can imagine, we show up five minutes late to just about everything because growing up, that was her experience, right? I mean, when we used to go on dates, I'd show up to her house and I'd be sitting there and I'd be waiting and I'd be waiting and trying to make small talk with the same guy who calls the other room to get coffee, you know? <laughs> and, and she was just slow to arrive. But uh, so, that, you know, some adjustments. Um, but, you know, whether you're sitting here and you're a husband, wife, father, mother, son, daughter, grandparent, whatever, you have a role that you play. Well, the same is true in the family of God. The same is true in the church. The Apostle Paul refers to the church as the family of God. This is Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in, in verse 19. It says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And then in verse 22, he says, And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So what does this mean? It means that Jesus came to bring us into the family of God. We are God's children. We are members of God's household. Now, what are some things we know about children? Well, we know that children can be imaginative. The children are pretty crafty and creative and carefree. They're faithful, fun, full of life. Or at least they're supposed to be these things. 
It doesn't take a lot of intelligence to know and understand that where children really thrive is in loving family relationships. So you pull a child out of loving family relationships or put a child in a situation where the family relationships are not healthy, then all of a sudden that child is not thriving. That child might not be as carefree and faithful and fun and all of that, right? But here's the thing. The church is here to help meet the greatest need in people's lives. And that greatest need is relationships. We talk about it in here all the time that we are created to be in relationship, to be in community with other people. We're not created to do life alone. So even when things maybe don't look great in the home, the church or the family of God can step in. In a family, there is to be love, trust, friendship, growing together, working together, and even playing together. And the same should be true for the church. Uh, last night, um, my wife and kids and I got the opportunity to spend some time with some incredible people. I won't mention them by name, but they're sitting right over there in the front row. And uh, we had a really great time uh, just kind of hanging out and doing life. And so many, we've already mentioned small groups in here and the importance of small groups and things like that. You know, like that's where life and community happens. When we first moved here, I can remember I was, I was really worn. I was really kind of broken down and battered, particularly in my relationships. Um, my spiritual family, the family that I had really known in the church, was struggling. And so there was a part of me that had really started to kind of pull back, to kind of pull away from relationships. In fact, when we first moved here, I wasn't really anxious to get involved in a life group. And had it not been for my wife, we probably wouldn't have. I'm so thankful that we did, but that wouldn't have necessarily been on my radar. There was a part of me that was really guarded and protected against getting to know people. And honestly, it I was more protected against getting to know people in the church than I was people outside the church. So I was really flying at relationships through my friends and the things that my friends were involved in, their sports and activities and things like that. But relationships within the church, I was a little more cautious. And to be honest with you, I don't even think I knew that until a couple years later looking back. Like, whoo, I was really protective over that. Wasn't really allowing myself to open up and to invest because I just wasn't sure where those relationships might take me. But over the first couple of years here, that really changed. And the church is to function not only as a church body, but as a family. With all the dynamic functions that a church can offer, that's what people are really looking for when they go to church. They want to enter the doors. They want to feel welcomed as if they are a part of something bigger than themselves. They want to feel welcomed, and they want to feel accepted, and they want to feel loved by a family. And really, when you think about it, who has a better opportunity to do this than the church? In a broken world where, where things are falling apart all around us in people's lives, who has a better opportunity to step up and to rise up and to say, hey, we are a family, a healthy, strong, vibrant, faithful family, and we want you to be a part of that. Many of us live away from our families. How many of you, um, the bulk of your family lives out of state? I mean, that could be Kentucky, I guess. That's cheating. Um, or Indiana. Uh, how many of you, the bulk of your family lives at least 100 miles away from you? So look around that room. That's a lot of hands. Um, how many have to at least drive a half hour to get to close family? Okay, even more of us, right? So not all of us live with family right now. How many of you live like next door to your parents? 
<laughs> still to this day, right? Okay, we got a few of those too, okay? But whether we live hundreds of miles from our family or whether our family is just a few blocks away, here's the deal. Our church family can be our family too. Now, for some of us, this might be an entirely new concept. So I want to give us a few tips on how we can start to see our fellow believers as our family. And here's the really cool thing. As we begin to live more into this, we will see that the church is not only a place to discover a real relationship with God, but it's also a great place to make friends and find others to live life with. So here we go. Just like our earthly families, we have kind of this role to play. We have these roles to play in our church family. And so here's one, time. All right, this is a role that we are to play. We are to be investors. Investors in what? In one another. It's really a huge role of a church family member. We are to invest in one another. And the single greatest way that we can do that is with our time. Listen to Luke's description of the early church. This is Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says, they, this is the believers, the, the people who are part of the church in the New Testament, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. All the believers had everything in common. They sold their property. They sold their possessions to give to anyone as they had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And here's the kicker. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now, I guess I would ask you this, this morning, church, who wouldn't want to be a part of something like that? I mean, that sounds amazing. Every time I read that, I, I think, that's where I want to be. That's the church I'd want to attend daily. Not weekly, but daily. We are to give one another of our time. The second role that we are to play is the role of accountability. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews writes. This is Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. It says, And let us consider how we might spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but rather encouraging one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. So we are to support one another, to encourage one another, to spur one another on, to pray for one another. In other words, there should be no lone rangers in the family of God. There should be no one who feels as if they are on an island all by themselves. We're to be there for one another. No person, young or old, should have to navigate this difficult world on their own. The church should be the place where people go for hope and for healing. Still another role that the church can play in a person's life is care or service. We need to be caring for one another. I love that passage in Acts where it says that they like gave to anyone as they had need. They literally went out and sold their possessions so that they could give the money away to people who had need. Think about that. That is a caring community. I have a video that I want to share uh, with you this morning of a couple in our church and really a family in our church who um, had some tragedy strike this past uh, winter. And uh, they just share a little bit of testimony about how this church family um, played a 
big part in helping them navigate through that. So watch this. We love our church. Me and Kenneth met in like 2010, and we both were single parents raising children um, on our own. I had two girls, and he had um, two boys and a girl. Yep. A suggestion of my best, now best friend, then neighbor, Allison Camp, invited me i went by myself initially mm -hmm. to visit for just a sunday morning service they embraced us with open arms from the beginning uh and it, it was just overwhelming the love and support that they gave us and uh embraced us and really treated us like family it was unbelievable i don't get me trying to get through it so you can actually understand me <laughs> um january 25th of this year um i was working at um wilson elementary as a paraprofessional and it was basically the end of the school day and i got a phone call from my two oldest girls latavia and lily at home um that um, Trayvon was um, basically choking on something. We know that he ate too quickly and it got stuck in his windpipe and um, upon the paramedics in our neighbor who is also an EMT nurse paramedic, um, they were not able to revive him. I truly can't remember <laughs> the you know, calling anyone at that time, but everyone was there. Was there. Everyone from our current life group, every um, co-worker that I had at Wilson, every family member that um, was in any kind of close radius to get here was there. Pastor Matt so, was there. He, who really held our hand and walked mm -hmm. us through, along with everybody in the background here at um, Anderson Hills. And we, um, would not have been able to get through it, I think, in the manner that we have been able to without, without our this. church. Things that were put in place like the meal train, the GoFundMe page by our um, church family was not expected, not asked for, right. but things that were greatly needed that we didn't know we would need or utilize at the time. Um, you know, when you're um, have a tragedy like that happen in your life, you don't think about dinner. You no. don't <laughs> think about um, the fact that you have to take off time from work, perhaps without pay. And so that's where like the funds from GoFundMe really came in and was helpful so that we could take that time off to be there to support each other and our kids. Um, Trayvon's service was held here at church, which was anything was short awesome. of a miracle it that was. I've actually ever seen um, on earth. And, awesome. You know, he was what we call VIP in Anderson Everywhere because went. <laughs> that smile radiated across, you know, just to everyone. And I mean, no matter what kind of day you were having, when he smiled at you, yeah, you knew, away. you know, you were loved and you knew he was happy. This church is family. I've never felt a connection to a church like I do here. It's like having extension of yourself, um, which we know, you know, God's love extends without boundaries. And it's like, um, I 
can pray for something and then it feels like he sends someone from my church family to, you know, tap me on the shoulder. I think right. this church and the body of people that this church has, they live to spread, you know, his word and his love. to be the church. Um, and then the final um, role that I want to talk about is just like we're here to for expansion, right? I mean, it's not enough um, just to give time. It's not enough just to give accountability. It's not enough to give service. We've also got to be here to expand. Um, and that's a role that we're going to talk about a whole lot more next week uh, when we come together. But I just want to read this scripture passage for you. This is Matthew chapter 12. It says, while Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside um, wanting to speak to him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside waiting to speak to you. And he replied to them, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And then pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mothers and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. What does that mean? It means Jesus had a very all-inclusive understanding of what family really is. In our Ephesians passage from earlier, Paul was speaking to a Gentile audience. He wanted the Gentiles to understand, the non-Jews to understand that they were just as welcomed into God's family as the Jews themselves. No person should ever be on the outside looking in. We who are a part of God's family are to constantly be looking to expand the family, reaching out to the spiritual orphans of this world. And as we were thinking through this message a few weeks ago, Pastor Mark and I were meeting in his office, and I said, you know, really, the church should be like the Fortners. And I don't know how many of you know Ryan and Sarah, but um, they're sitting up here in the front, and just kind of wave your hands, because I know you probably don't want to come up here and stand, so I won't make you. But... um, these guys, and I don't, do you even have a count in your head of how many different foster kids you've had now at this point? 19? Yeah, so there you go. They're going to have their own television show. Um, <laughs> and, and here's the deal. Like, probably several people in this room have fostered at some point or another, and I know that there are people all over the, who do this, and God bless you, every one of you. Um, but I love this because last week I was standing in the back, and um, one of the littlest guy now, was uh, up here kind of pulling himself up on the stage or whatever. And I said something to Ryan about it, and Ryan said, yeah, and his mom's getting ready to probably have another one. And so he's like, looks like we'll be getting another kid here pretty soon. And it's just this mentality that pours out of them of, uh, all are here, all are welcome, you know? And um, man, God bless you guys, you know? And that's just such a perfect picture of what the church is to be, you know? And as long as that's not the picture that the outside world has of the church, we are doomed. The gospel is doomed. We can put New Testaments in the hands of as many people as we want, but until they see with their own two eyes that the church family has this mentality of, hey, the doors are open. 
all are welcomed here. Sinners, saints, doesn't matter what color your skin is, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter what you come from, doesn't matter what your background says, the grades on your report card, the accomplishments on your resume, it doesn't matter, you're welcome here. That's what we gotta get to. We gotta get to the place where we're out in the community somewhere and somebody's asking us about our family and we say, what family? Those guys over there, they're our brothers. Those ladies, those are our sisters, right? That's what the church is to be. And so I just wanna encourage us. I wanna ask the question, are you a part of a family? And if so, are you playing your role? Are you playing your role? Are you giving of your time? Are you meeting together? Are you supporting your fellow believers? Are you caring for their needs? Are you looking to grow and to expand your family? That's what the church is to be. Let us pray. God, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for including us in your heavenly family. God, I don't know what I would do without my immediate family, but I also don't know what I would do without my church family. God, I thank you for so many people in this room right now who have loved on me, who have loved on my wife and our kids in the time that we've been here and the time that we've served here, God. Seven and a half years of loving right here in this room. God, they've given of their time. They've held us accountable. They've served us and cared for us in our times of need. And God, there's always been this mentality there that all are welcome. And so God, I do, I love my church. And I would shout that from the rooftop, God. I would proclaim that to anyone out there. I love this place called Anderson Hills. I love this body. Not these bricks, not this mortar, but these people. God, help us to just continue to live into that every day, to be the church of Jesus Christ to this world. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. May we want to pass it on. It's in Christ's name I pray.